everyone, and thank you so much for joining us. We have such a special guest today, and regardless of the time difference, I'm so excited to speak to her. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, hi everybody. My name is uh, Belen. I'm from Argentina, and I'm really, really happy to, to be talking uh, with Erika and with all of you. I, I've been listening to the podcast uh, all afternoon, and it's really, really weird um, to be chatting with you after I, I listen to you uh, You've been listening to my stuff? Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to, obviously, I wanted to know uh, how it was, so yeah. It I was is, curious. <laughs> it is a work in progress. I am still figuring out Perfect. the structure. But oh, I, I love it. I love it. I really like it. I'm glad you like it because it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it's the idea. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Yes. Let us let us know more about you, Belen. What do you do? Perfect. Well, I'm 27 years old. I'm from a. It's a big town here in Argentina, about a million people. I know that for America, that's like a small town. But here in Argentina, it's the third uh, city in population. Um, I'm a locutora, which doesn't have a direct translation from Spanish to English. Uh, but basically, I'm a radio journalist, but I'm also a voice actress. So I record uh, commercials and stuff like that, voiceovers. And um, yeah, I work. Uh, I work on that. I'm also a teacher. I, I, um, I'm a teacher on an institute, uh, and I teach radio journalism, basic, basically. So yeah, I'm, I'm a bit of everything, um, and I'm a huge nerd. Uh, I grew up with Star Wars and Harry Potter, and you know all the stuff and comics basically <laughs> so um yeah i'm a huge huge nerd and i guess that's pretty much everything you need to know um and i talk a lot uh so yeah basically i talk all the time i can stop talking i can now i can stop talking so <laughs> yeah that's basically that's basically uh, also i'm a huge um soccer fan which for you it's soccer for us it's football mm -hmm. uh you know messy and and everything uh, well, yeah, I'm in Argentina. You can't, you cannot uh, be or live here and not like soccer. So yeah, I'm a mm -hmm. huge fan. And my team lost this afternoon, so I'm a little heartbroken. But I, oh, no. I, this this chat is going to to help me get better. I I hope. <laughs> well, it sounds like to me you are an ultra professional badass. Um, wow, you do a lot. Uh, yeah, but I also, I, I do a lot, but then it gets to Friday night, and I just, I, I don't know, I do nothing, you know, <laughs> for the whole weekend, I stay at home and, and I watch, uh, watch TV and, and write and prepare for the next week and correct papers and stuff like that, so, yeah, I'm... I, I go out and stuff like that, but I'm basically a, a nerd uh, <laughs> that works all day long. So, yeah, I I don't ha I don't have much of of a professional life. I I I play all day. I always say to my students that to work on a radio, you have to play. 
is the most serious game I say them to them, uh, but it's a game nonetheless. So I enjoy myself all day. That's amazing. I I hope I can grow up to have that much passion about what I do. Uh, <laughs> give so it time. Give it. Time. I have the rest of my life, I'm sure. Yes. So you do you do a lot of work for the LBGT community over there, right? Yes. Well, we um, I, I was uh, we were chatting uh, and and I was telling you that my personal story it's a shared story with the movement movement because I'm sorry if I haven't speak in English for like five seven years so if. I'm wrong, you correct me, okay? You speak <laughs> no. better English than I do, and it's the only language I know. No, no, it's okay, it's okay, <laughs> but I'm, I'm seriously, I was I was getting anxious about it all afternoon because I get excited, and I, I don't know, I don't know what I'm saying, you know? So, yeah, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yeah, I am here in Argentina, we, in 2009, we started uh, debating our marriage equality uh, project, and it was a year when I was starting college, um, and and I come from a Catholic family. I, I had spent 14 years in a Catholic school, uh, and basically I graduated from high school and went to a public university here in Argentina. 80% or 90% of colleges and universities and institutions are public, so I started to. Uh, studied sociology and and that year in, in our uh, university where we had the public forums about marriage equality and what it meant to the community and and how we could from our space uh, help to make this project project go to the Congress and and for the Congress to debate it and and stuff like that um, and yeah, so I had a, a weird situation where I didn't, uh, I, um, I didn't see myself as someone that was part of the community, but someone that could help, you know, like uh, an ally, uh, especially because my sister, who's four years younger than me, um, had already come out of the closet, and it was a huge process for me and and and, and to to be with her in that in that moment and to see how how her life was her life was going to change uh, if she if if we debated this and we get it to the congress and the congress uh, approve it and and all that stuff and i started to to become aware of the community and how every story was really personal but it it was part of something bigger and here in argentina we have a say from the feminist movement and the diversity movement that says lo personal es politico, which means personal is politics. What happens to me it's is politics, is a political statement. So if I'm gay or if I'm bisexual or if I'm uh, a woman, uh, that defines me in a political place, that puts me in a political place because I need to fight for my rights in a way that uh, cis heterosexual men don't have to fight for. So I became aware of that and and started to to to, to go to these public forums and listen to 
a lot of stories and that was 2009 and yeah I also started to hang out with people that uh, really got me you know and and to have new friends and understand that life was so much more than just uh, having a boyfriend and getting engaged and getting married and having kids and a house a car and a dog you know <laughs> that we have a lot more than we could do with our lives so yeah uh, eventually I, I dropped sociology because I felt like I wasn't I wasn't going to make a difference by being uh, by studying that and and then I started to study journalism and, and locution uh, radio journalism and yeah I started to work, work on the radio at first I served coffee and did the, the copies, you know, the, the kind of stuff you do in, in every job. But eventually I, I got to have my own show, which is what I have now from six in the morning. I have the morning show and and I have um, I have this idea in my, in my head. I was watching a documentary in Netflix the other day, mm-hmm. uh, Residente, it's called. Residente was the lead singer on Calle 13. That was a, a, a band, um, and he had the best metaphor about how he's starting a revolution in music. And he said, "When I was a kid, I didn't like milk. I, I, I could I could not drink milk. I hate it. So my mother would put a spoon of chocolate syrup on milk every day and give it to me. So I drank. I, I will drink it because it had chocolate, right?" And every day, she put a little less of chocolate. A little less, a little less, a little less. Then one day, I realized I was drinking just milk. And I was drinking it. And I had no problem. And she had the patience to do it and to not force me and, and to do it uh, quietly. Uh, and yeah, she, she accomplished what she wanted. That was to, to have me drinking milk. And I thought about it um, because I'm always thinking how to reach people that doesn't think like us, you know, the people that still has prejudice about this and and about the community in general and about uh, women empowerment and, and, and stuff like that. So I started my show three years ago with a glass of a lot of chocolate and a little bit of milk. Like every day in my three hours of show, I would talk for two, two hours and 45 minutes about what everybody everybody else was talking in town. And then 15 minutes about something that had to do with our community um, and, and women's rights and stuff like that. And every day I started to add a little bit more of what I wanted to say and a little bit less of what everybody else was, was saying. So I started to build an, an audience that, that really knows what I'm talking about or what, what I stand when, I, when, I'm, to, when I'm talking. They know I'm, I, I was saying this to you uh, a, a while ago, I'm always gay on the street. I'm always standing on the gay side of the street. I will always uh, stand there and give everyone that feels like they have something to say a space. Um, and that's why I, I love so much everything that's going on in, uh, in, in the world and in Argentina specifically uh, with the movements because 
We started in 2009 with marriage equality, and 2010, the Congress, the Congress approved the law. And you know what's funny about the, the marriage equality in Argentina? I forget to tell you this. It was one of, of the first countries in the world that, that had the, the law. I think it was the first one. I think it was the first one. Because it's not a civil union. You know how you have like different types of marriage uh, uh-huh. equality in the world. We debated for a year about this on the public forums. And then the Congress debated for another year on the different commissions and in the two cameras, the diputados y senadores. There are two cameras on the, com- on the Congress. Mm-hmm. And the law has two sentences because all we did was change our whole um, civic code to be genderless. So in a way, every uh, right you had as a man, you also have it as a woman. But you also have the right, if you are genderless, of your, or you can marry whomever you want, because in the civil code, everything is right in a genderless way. So you can do whatever you like, you know? It's more, much more than just marriage equality. Uh, we have, uh, I don't know, there are people that don't get married, but, but uh, form a soft sort of society, and you can adopt children, and you know, all the, all, everything, everything you can do it, even, uh, even if before you couldn't. And that was the first one of a lot of um, laws that came before that, uh, that came after that. Sorry. Uh, in 2012, we have the uh, identidad de género, the la, la, the law of uh, gender identity, which means every person that is born in Argentina can uh, define themselves as they want it. Even children can change their gender on their papers and their name and whatever. You, you don't know, you, you don't have to to, have to make it um, uh, nothing strange about it. You just present yourself in a police precinct and say, hey, I, I want to change my name and my gender on my papers. And the state also, the government also pays for you to have uh, the surgery if you want to have it uh, and that was a huge huge that that's i think it's the only we are the only country in the world who have it yeah. and I've, now see yes i have been making the joke to to have me buried in argentina but i might <laughs> i might be serious about this i might have to actually learn I love spanish it. I love it. Yes. and go come, to argentina because i need to be buried please come there. to argentina <laughs> now, it's fantastic and now we are discussing a third law which is cupo trans which means that every public place and every private enterprise has to have at, at least three percent of uh, their employees to be trans people because when we did our um, our country uh, census on 2010, um, we had 3% of our population that was uh, trans. So now we are fighting on Congress to have this law, which means you are obligated to uh, hire trans people on your on your uh, on if you're a boss or whatever and even the state too, on the public office and stuff like that. Because we, here in Argentina, and I think it's all over the world, 
the biggest problem that trans people have is to find a job, right? So um, yeah, that's that's pretty much what what we're trying to do, and abortion, obviously, uh, because we can we can we have debated like for ten years, and and we can get the Congress to to really really debate about it, but yeah, that's what we are fighting for right now. So. We are a pretty progressive uh, country in a lot of stuff, but we're still, I always say that to me, our Congress is even more progressive than our citizens. So yeah, it's it's not easy, uh, it's, it's hard, you know, um, it's hard on the streets. Uh, we have a lot of Catholic people here in Argentina, almost 70% of our population has the Pope Christ's sake, <laughs> is from Argentina. Uh, Pope Francisco uh, is from Argentina, and and he's a pretty. Yeah. He's, he's, he's weird, you know. I <laughs> I like you know I like him. I I I, I think he's pretty progressive for uh, for someone that comes from the Catholic Church, but he's still he's still the head of one of the uh, most orthodox. Uh, institutions on the planet so I guess he can be uh, really involved in in our community and stuff but yeah that's basically a bit of what's going on in here and how the last 10 years have been have been really hard but we have our our victories here so I guess yeah we are living in a really really good country we have our moments we have our ups and downs but it's a great country to be part of a community and to be uh, diverse and and whatever. No, I need to go to Argentina. Yeah. Um, okay. No. No. Right. No. Uh, I I need to tell you something. Okay. It's amazing, but <laughs> but the food and dear God, I think we have the most beautiful places. I in the world I don't I don't know I haven't traveled much I mean I have I know Latin America uh, but you have to come you have to come you can die without knowing Argentina I mean you you don't need to really sell it to me anymore I just need to stop being a broke ass hoe yeah and And I'm I'm going this no this this is the last one Uh, the women are so (laughs) gorgeous I mean everybody because men are gorgeous too i i swear to you by the women if you watch las estrellas yes. you won't see uh, girls like jasmine or virginia on the streets but uh yeah we we have yeah pretty people right <laughs> I, I believe you i believe you like i watched okay. i watched that show and i kept making the joke that you know if i took a shot every time i saw midriff like their shirts didn't cover their stomachs. Ah, I would I would be drunk before perfect. the episode was over, because it was just yeah, like we, we, everyone was like, let's show it off because. I'll tell you something, great. Brazilians, Brazilians, mm-hmm. our brothers and sisters from Brazil, uh, are even worse. Oh last year, oh, no, you don't know. Last year, I went on my summer break to Rio de Janeiro, to Rio, right, mm-hmm. uh, with my two best friends, and we were surprised because dear cat first they are all gorgeous i mean 
you see, you see people on the street and they you feel like they they pull them off a, I don't know a Victoria's Secret catalog I don't mm-hmm. know but all around they were dressing like they were to went to the beach and then they stay on their bathing suits all day like you went to the supermarket and everybody was was in the bathing suits and I was like I feel overdressed like I'm wearing <laughs> I'm wearing a skirt and a shirt, and I, should should I should I get naked too? What's the what's the deal, you know? And so yeah, if you think Hasmin uses a lot of crop tops, you need to go to Brazil because it's it's insane, it's insane. It was summer in Rio de Janeiro. It was like I don't know, we were melting on the streets, but still they were like practically naked. We were so 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 amused by it. Oh my goodness. I, need, I clearly need to travel more because I, I keep traveling up north and apparently I just need to go down south. <laughs> yeah, you're good. You're good, too. All right. Ooh. Okay, so funny enough, we actually met over a discussion over Las Estrellas and feel free to correct my pronunciation. I am... Well, so here in Argentina, we, we pronounce <laughs> the Las, Las Estrellas in Mexico, you would say Las Estrellas. Uh, oh. In Spain, you would say Las Estrellas. But here in Argentina, we have something that's called Sheismo, which is we pronounce the uh, that sound like a really hard uh, mm-hmm. Las Estrellas, you know? Las like, Estrellas. Like las Estrellas, yes. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty much... That's the only thing that... Well, that and we don't use... Uh, it's called Español Neutro when you use tú uh, you uh, you don't say here in Argentina we don't say tú we say vos maybe you have not this on the telenovela maybe not I'm just rambling but yes it's Las Estrellas yes my Spanish never went past like the second year of school so I you know you can no, tell me anything and I'll believe you <laughs> uh, no no I, 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 yeah that's pretty much it I'm very used to uh, Mexican accents and if, like to watch the show, it was really fun to, well, let me just say, I, I feel like being in America, you learn to speak s- slower. Like no matter who huh? you're talking to, you you seem to speak slower. Cause yeah. my, my wife is actually from England and they, they ah. speak English there, but it's like yes. they speak English so much faster than we do. Like she I come... love, love, love British oh. English. I love oh, no. it. I have to get, oh. If she's awake, I might have to get her to come down here and talk to you then. Because <laughs> uh, her her English isn't like Harry Potter English. It's like she's from right the north. She's and not. They're, they're, they're she's not Hermione. Her. Yeah, okay. she's she's not Hermione. She's like oh, how do I pick a character that she's more like? I can't. I can't. I'm unfortunately. Um, but she. Uh, but she. Every time she talks to her family and then talks to me, she's like, oh, you're so American because we talk yeah, so yeah. slow. <laughs> I get it, I get it. And apparently, I guess I guess the, the Mexicans who come over here, they, they learn to talk slower. And I yeah, guess because I, I, I started oh, watching oh. the show and I was like, I know I know a little Spanish. I know a little bit. No, but here no, in Argentina, we, we uh, when Spanish people and Argentinian people, we talk really fast. Uh, and it happens. I was watching a Netflix series that was uh, 
filmed in Spain, uh, La Casa de Papel, Monihist is called. I recommend it. It has it doesn't have any LGBT plus uh, characters, but it's a great series if you like um, uh, that stuff of thing. But uh, they speak in Spanish, but in you know from Spain. And dear God, sometimes I was I was watching it with my mom, and I was like, "What the hell did they just say? Why they, do they speak so so fast?" And then I get it. I said, "Well, most of the people that listen to us here in Argentina, we speak really really fast. Uh, so yeah, we we speak faster than than Mexicans and Colombians and and." Yeah, I think we are always really anxious. We, we live always anxious. I don't know why, but that's the way it is. Uh, I, I know because it was, it was difficult for me to follow the show at first because even the right. subtitles were so fast, I would have to no, impossible. stop the show and like, yeah. I'd like have to pause it, read it, and then continue. And it's, it's still a great story. It's still such a fa wonderful story that I was just like, it doesn't even bother me. You know that for me what's funny, mm -hmm. uh, I think I was talking to you about this, uh, or for a f with a lot of people actually, that mm -hmm. I talked to you about it in, in Twitter and in Tumblr. Um, it's like this reversed role, like for 27 years I've been watching uh, American TV shows and, and British TV shows and stuff like that, and it was me the one who at first didn't understand the subtitles and the language and some uh, of of the like I, I remember watching Friends for example mm -hmm. and watching I don't know thank Thanksgiving episodes and Halloween episodes and and wondering is it always like this like it's this some sort of tradition like do people really uh, talk like that on the street that are New Yorkers so so bad to each other, you know, the stuff of, <laughs> of, of that, that, that type of things. So for me, this year was amazing because uh, I was the one uh, answering the questions and not making them, you know, that was that was really fun for me. And and I really enjoyed it uh, to, to show you all a piece of our country and a piece of what we are. And yeah, and it's funny because uh, we have a lot of stuff that happened in, in the telenovela that truly shows how we are as as a country and I, I really loved it. I loved it because to see all of you watching a piece of us after giving us all these years of wondering if America was like friends and San, and, and the nanny and oh <laughs> some gosh. stuff like that. Yeah. I think I, I really enjoyed that part. I never thought an Argentinian telenovela was going to be as huge as as, as Las Estrellas, so it gave me it gave me that that gift too. It's I I mean I'm sitting here kind of cringing at the thought of you comparing all Americans to the nanny, but <laughs> at the same I can time imagine. I can imagine. No, and I will tell you something. My mom watches. Uh, all these shows like say yes to the dress oh and God. the one with the with the baker um buddy 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 balestro like uh boss cake boss something like that exactly yes oh yes all those shows my mom watches it and we sometimes we spend all the afternoon watching it and and talking to to ourselves like 
they can be all like that. I mean, no, no I, I don't no. think every American is like the ones we see on TV. So, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Now I get it. Americans are different everywhere. It doesn't matter where you go. We are always yes. different. And for whatever reason, wherever you go, we always think that we're better than some other part of our own uh, country. In Argentina, well, uh, that happens everywhere. In Argentina, we, uh, if, if you were born in Buenos Aires, you think you're better than anyone, you know? <laughs> People in Buenos Aires, oh, they think, I don't know. They hate the rest of the country. And and it's a great, it's a great country. It's really big. I mean, we have a, like people from, and in the last five or 10 years, a lot of people from another countries are coming to live here, uh, which is kind of strange for us. It, it, it didn't happen in the last 60 years or so. So yeah, we, we are becoming more diverse and that's really interesting too. But people that are born in Buenos Aires are called porteños. And los porteños, uh, oh my God, they think, that, oh, they think that they are the best thing in the world. And I can't stand it. I can't stand it. I have to travel to Buenos Aires last week for work. Um, and I've been cringing about it because I, I love the city, but I hate the people. I love the city and the museums and, you know, I'm going to go to a theater and stuff like that and see some friends. But I hate the people that live in Buenos Aires because they think that I, they are better than us, you know. It sounds like New York here. <laughs> yes, exactly. Ugh, just people, I, I guess a lot of the entertainment industry doesn't understand that other people will see this and they don't get that they're just characters, that they're just... Yes. people who are there to entertain and be ridiculous and it's just so funny to hear that there are someone out there that's like wow I wonder if all Americans are like people from the nanny <laughs> yeah 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 I get it I get it I get it. but I loved it oh. I loved the nanny oh, I was my favorite when I was a kid I loved it I guess I guess I could see that because while I was watching uh, Los Estrellas which I'm going to pronounce it wrong every time, and I apologize. That's okay. It's uh, okay. Because I, I only went to, I only went for the gay. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be yeah. real. Like that's, that's kind of what I do now. Like I don't even bother waiting no, yeah, to yeah. see if they're there. Oh. I just wait to hear that they're there, and I'm like, oh, I'm. That's where I gotta be. That's exactly so. what I'm doing, and it's it's weird because I watch a lot of TV shows with my family, and I watch them, you know, complete. But then I have like my my TV shows, which mm -hmm. basically are. YouTube videos of scenes uh, of LGBT couples, yes. you know, you, yes. if you watch my, my, my history on YouTube, it's like uh, Waverly and, and Nicole and then, uh, I don't know, Alex and Maggie from Supergirl and then mm -hmm. you have Las Estrellas, Las Estrellas of course, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I keep jumping from one fandom to the other as soon as I see there's some LGBT plus capital in there yeah the best website for you then uh, okay yes i i follow them on twitter they're the les watch tv like oh yes yes i saw them yes. I saw, because the, i think they they brought something about flosmin and i i i went there to see what 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 they were saying i think and i just i started to read what they they 
they posted and stuff they like have, that. They, they have a whole website that's just dedicated Oof, to any, great. if there is any LBGT character, mainly the lady-loving queer kind, that they put it on their website and they mark that this character was on this show and whether or not they had good representation or not. Their website is huge. I had no idea there great. were so many people and they even great. go through and they tell you if that character died or if it's even worth watching and I will never right. waste time again. <laughs> Perfect. Per yes, no, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to, ah, the whole Lexa situation was devastating for me. Oh, oh. It was awful. So yeah, I'm trying to avoid it. Uh, mm -hmm. But now I can always go back to Flosmin every time things oh, get hard. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. I started watching it and I was like three episodes in and it was it was too late i already i already knew i was lost yeah of <laughs> I was, course i was shipping it so hard and my wife who wasn't watching it at the time like like just looked over at me and she was like i can hear your feelings from over here <laughs> like she saw me just yeah. going at it so hard so soon and she actually started to come watch as well i don't know how she does it she jumped in in the middle of the series and just kind of fell in love with it too but she was like yeah, it's okay, and she left. And I was like, I don't understand how you do that. Yeah, yeah. How we, I, I, I form a bond with some characters that it's like I can, I can let them go, you know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I know what you mean. Like I'm, I'm waiting for the last of the of the show to be translated into English now, and even right. then, I'm just like, I'm afraid to watch it because I'm like I don't want it to be over well you know what is this is embarrassing mm -hmm. um I I I write you know like it's uh -huh. a hobby I have it actually helps me it, it if it's been a long day or you know something happens I just sit and write and since I was 13 or 14 I, I write fan fiction you know oh yes um, uh, and started on my Harry Potter years, and then it became a thing. And I have, you know, on the last four or five years, I, I, I thought, you know, oh my God, I'm 25, 26, 27, I'm too old for that shit, you know, to to, to write oh. them. I still, I still, I, I kept read, reading them. Uh, but you know, when when Las Estrellas was about to to end, I felt like. Uh, like it was the time to start writing fan fiction again, and I and I did, and people actually liked it, and it was <laughs> weird because no, it was weird because I wrote it for me, you know, yeah. like it's a way to to mourn the characters and to try to to give them a bit of what they gave me back. So yeah, I published it, and then everybody liked it. And my sister, she said, "Oh, I love it." My sister, um, I did, I did not tell her I was writing fan fiction mm -hmm. about Flos about And one night, one one night, she come to me and says, uh, "I think I'm 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 going to start to read fan fiction again because uh, I can't believe the." the novella ended and I want to know more about the characters and and I was like are you going to to find my fan fiction you know I didn't say anything uh -huh. so she she started to read uh, some of the ones that were were published in uh, archive of our own uh, mm -hmm. and then one day 
she uh, took my tablet instead of hers and took it to 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 her class and I don't know why and she came back and she was like dude you broke the fan fiction I'm reading <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like what fan fiction are you reading this one yeah I wrote it <laughs> it was it was it was insane oh we God. laugh about it for like an hour and she was like you are you're a really good writer <laughs> I don't know you were a good writer well I I, uh, apparently I am I, I'm, I was just and now she wants to read all my fanfiction oh, no. and I don't want it because the, the rest of it was written 10 years ago it's really bad you know it's oh, awful gosh. I mean no, no you stay with this one that maybe had a little bit more of sense but that's all that's all for you I, I feel you I was in the same position like a couple of months ago with another fandom that ended too soon and uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't think there's really an age that you should stop writing fan fiction. I think right? maybe there gets to a certain point where you're now, like, now, now, now I get it. Now I get it. I, I will write fan fiction forever. Huh? I feel like there's a point where people are like, you know, I could make money off this. And I see that my, my wife is actually an author right now. Her f first book is out, I don't know, sometime this year. I don't know. But... Yeah, it's just it's just so amazing how people connect through that, and I just uh, I just love the show. I love the concept. I love I could sit here and talk about it all day. Although it did it did interest me that they had a Thanksgiving episode on Lost in Stillness, and I was like, Yes, did they? No, that like, was that was the question I had was, Do you guys even have Thanksgiving? No, 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 not at all. Less uh, like. In the last five or so years, we started to celebrate St. Patrick and Halloween. I don't Halloween. understand that one. No, no, but it's a good good excuse to drink beer, I guess. So yes. everybody here does it. Uh, and then Halloween for the kids, you know, but like no one goes treat or treating because no one has candy in their houses. And no one is prepared for Halloween. We are in Argentina, for oh. God's sake. Uh, <laughs> But we were watching the telenovela with my sister, and we were eat, eating dinner and talking, and and we were we weren't paying attention. And for a moment, my sister goes, "Are are they celebrating Thanksgiving? That's just that's weird." And we started to laugh because some characters and thing I think, Javo and Mariano and someone like that was was doing that same uh, that same commentary like we. It, this is Argentina. This is not uh, Texas. <laughs> this is not we are, we are not we don't celebrate Thanksgiving. What are you doing? Get that turkey away from it. We don't celebrate Thanksgiving. So yeah, that was weird. But I think that um, the company that produces the telenovela Polka uh, had already had already sold it to a lot of countries. Uh, in fact, now that I think like. 30 or 40 countries had uh, bought the telenovela to to put it on TV. So I guess they tried to do something. I don't know why. I've been trying to find uh, an explanation for it, but really there's not. I mean, they wanted to make a Thanksgiving episode and they did, and that's that. I mean, I, I don't I know. I know Canada also does Thanksgiving. I don't, yeah. I don't know if Mexico does, but... Maybe they no, do. I don't think. I think they don't. I, I have never seen it. 
I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they were just... I don't know. So about the show. Yes. Tell me about the impact that that show had because they, they did a lot of... Like, I was... I was shocked about how how openly gay it was. Like it was it was beautiful. Yeah. Like to see that kind of relationship grow, even through all of the drama, and then for them to be so so openly gay. Like not only did we get mm-hmm. multiple sex scenes with them, which woo, yeah. I was not prepared, um, but like they they talked about their relationship, and there were so many there were so many sex jokes between them that I that even my wife <laughs> I was love like, wow. That. Oh, I love that. There's one particularly that gets me every time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Flor and Has at Hasmin's house, um, and they are they are eating dinner, and Hasmin says something like, uh, "The best is yet to come," oh and and Flor says, "Yeah, this one," and I I swear to you, I was watching it live and I was alone, and I was like. No, she didn't say it. Did she say it? No, she didn't. And like 15 minutes later, someone had put it on Twitter and I was like, oh my God, that was amazing. That yes. was great. The best joke in the world. But yeah, uh, no, yes. the the impact here, which is funny, because if you think about everything I've been telling you about how great the community is here and everything we are accomplishing politically and how we are... Uh, forming ourselves as a massive movement our tv is it's not so progressive i mean uh especially telenovelas like telenovelas are are the worst the worst format in the world like i hate them hate them i can watch them i so so heteronormative and and so cheesy and corny and i i used to hate telenovelas but yeah, so when the first uh, episode aired, I was watching it, and I kind of noticed uh, that scene between the scenes between Jasmine and and Flor, and I was like, are they going to go this way? If if they do, that's great. But I thought that it was going to be a secondary uh, storyline inside the telenovela because the few gay or lesbian or LGBT characters that we have in telenovelas uh, were always secondary and everything that happened with their lives was off screen, you know? Yes. You never, maybe they were married, but you never saw them uh, getting to know each other, getting out of the closet, um, the whole process of becoming aware of who you are and I don't know, maybe, maybe a kiss, maybe a sweet scene, but nothing else. Nothing else. Yes. Uh, so I I watched the first episodes, and you know I dropped the telenovela because I, I was watching it because I love Celeste Cid, which is the girl who plays Virginia Estrella. Que it's it's the, the main character of the telenovela. Oh, I've but seen really, gifts of her doing stuff. Oh no, it's amazing! It's amazing, <laughs> Celeste Cid. Celeste Cid is our Winona Ryder. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she, she also has a, a great story of, um, you know, she started when she was, it's like Wynonna's story, and she started when she was so, so young, and then on her 15s and 20s, she has, she had a few years that were really rough, so she, you know, disappeared from TV and stuff, and now she's coming back, and I love it. I love a comeback story. Oh my God, I love it. So I started to watch the telenovela, 
I sensed there was something going on between between Flora and Haas, but I thought ah, they they were going to go that way. So I forget about it. Um, and then two months after that, I was reading uh, a, a news uh, portal, which is a, a website that website web, oof, website that has uh, news about the community. And one of the girls that writes there uh, wrote an article really, really short. In fact, I, I searched I search it on the on the website, and it's not not there anymore. I guess they deleted. You know, I don't know um, about the telenovela and how they were worried that maybe they were going to portray Hasmin like some kind of predatory lesbian type. You know, like like something that was going to I can't send. Even imagine. Yeah, no, me, me, me neither. But you know, uh, I get why why she she thought that was the case because I'm telling you, uh, we haven't had a real good story with, between two women on television on Argentina ever. So if you were thinking that uh, all the people that write telenovelas are uh, always writing heteronormative romance, you know. How are they going to write a lesbian love story? That that's not going to work, you know. Anyway, uh, so I gave it another shot, and it was the point where uh, Flor was about to get married with Danny. Uh, it was actually the scene where Flor goes out with her sisters, with Carla and Miranda and Jasmine, and gets drunk oh and goes God, back yes. to. Yes, it's a great scene. It goes back to Hasmina's apartment, uh, and then the, the next day she has an argument with Danny and goes to Has apartment too and stuff. So I started to watch that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know how important it was, how it was, I don't know, transforming something. Because here's the thing. The telenovela had five, yeah, five, yes, five uh, main characters that were all ladies mm-hmm. and four of them were uh, heterosexual and they had picked the hottest guys on TV to be their love interests. I mean Javo, Mariano, Federico uh, uh, even Lucho they are like I don't know I can it's like if you put I'm trying to find the American equivalent, is, is but like Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt or, yeah, of course. Or, so you have the, yes. the most, you had the prettiest girls on the world, and you also had the prettiest guys, mm-hmm. and you have these love stories that were supposed to be amazing, and even in that, uh, in that environment. The story between Hasmin and Flor was the one that was, I don't know, it was, it caught the attention of everybody. And here's what I realized how important it was. This is a great story, and I'm just, re- re- I ha- I'm, I'm remembering this right now. Mm-hmm. Every day at the radio station, we get the, the newspapers on the, the printed version, you know, the one in paper, right? Yeah. I, I, I usually read them from the, uh, internet websites, but I like to read the newspapers from the paper too, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was going through the pages, and 
the channel that produces the Las Estrellas also has a newspaper. It's a huge economic group and has, you know, a radio station, a TV station, and the paper, Clarín. And I was reading the paper, and suddenly I have like a full page of the paper that was a huge picture of Flor and Jasmine that were about to kiss. Oh my God. And, uh, and under that picture, that was, it wasn't even on the episode when they kissed for the first time, it was like five or six episodes, episodes before that, where, you know, there was that, that weird tension between them. And under their picture, uh, there were like really small pictures of the rest of the sisters with their love interests. Wow. Interest. And I thought, here is the thing. Who reads the paper these days? All people. Bah, not, not all people, but people that are 40 years old, 50 years old, 60 years old. Uh, traditional people read the paper, the newspaper, from the, per the paper printed version, right? Yeah. And the channel and the producers and the publicists are chosen, the gay couple, to promote the show on that part of the society. Do, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Like, yes, yes. That's, I hope you cut, uh, I hope you cut that out and kept it somewhere. I, I think I have. I think I have it. I have it. But, but it, it was the first time that happened. But it started to happen re regularly because in Twitter I saw a lot of people that was scanning the the, the images, and I I became aware of how big it was. You know, you had all the heterosexual couples. And yet, the one that was that was on a full page of the paper was the two girls that weren't even kissing. It was just the beginning of a love story, you know. And it said something like, uh, "Esta noche las estrellas, eh, todo final tiene un buen comienzo." Something like, "Tonight in las estrellas." Eh, every ending it's also a new beginning like Flor was leaving Danny and was starting to have a story with Hasmin and then I realized dear god this is the the show that has this is a, the the ratings were on you know on the clouds and everybody was talking about it and they are not watching the show for Virginia and Javo or Mariano and Lucia they are watching the show for Flor and Hasmin that day, I came back home and I said to my sister, we need to watch Las Estrellas every day <laughs> religiously because we are watching TV history for us in Argentina. The, the most traditional format on TV is showing a gay couple that feels, you know, has a love story. All the other stuff that we were talking before and, and we can talk more about it like the sex scenes and jokes and everything else was a plus for me but the idea that they were going to give them equal time on screen to show how two people from the same sex can fall in love with each other that was amazing for me you know for the I tried to, to put myself on the place where I was when I was 13 or 15 and I didn't understood 
that you could fall in love with everybody and not just someone from the op opposite sex. And I realized how important it is to understand that Fleur and Jasmine's story was was about their sexu sexuality and how they they felt about about each other. But it was a love story about two people that were madly in love from the first moment they saw each other. So that was for me like a before and after moment, you know, when you say, okay, from now on, I see the things, I, I see things in a completely different uh, approach. And, and that's when I became aware of how important it was for our community. And I started to talk about it on my radio show. I started to, to talk about it, you know, like a, a passing commentary, like, oh, last night I, I was watching the telenovela with my sister and they talk about this and that. And are you guys watching the telenovela? Are you are you paying attention to Las Estrellas? You know, like, in, and people mm -hmm. were talking, uh, sending messages to Twitter and Tumblr and Tumblr and, and Facebook and, you know, WhatsApp and stuff like that. And I realized how important it was. Really important. Um, and the people that went to 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 the place where they filmed the show to wait for the girls to uh, to come out and give them, you know, presents for Julieta and, and Florencia. And even they went to Brazil to for, for a vacation. You know, Violeta and, and Julieta went to to Brazil to Rio, and they were people in Rio de Janeiro, in their, their hotel, waiting for them, you know. So then I became aware that it was something that was growing on everybody and that it was really, really important. And to me, it was a before and after moment when I, I opened the paper and I saw that picture, I realized we were making history. everyone. Sorry to cut in like this, but the outro music just had to be right there. Me and Valen actually talked for a very long time, and I actually had to cut this one short. Uh, I'm going to post the next part of the episode later on this week. In the second half, we talk more about the impacts that Flosman has had on the Argentinian community and how it has helped the LGBT movement go even further. And of course, just a ugh, half an hour, probably even more of us just fangirling all over Flosman and everything that that show has done and the expectations it's made and uh, so that is something to definitely look forward to and we hope to see you guys again soon. <laughs>